Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So I do have a question for you, and it may sound weird, but it can't sound any weirder. Who here has ever been robbed? Anybody? Anybody been robbed? It's not fun, is it? I want to talk to you this morning, and as we continue in our series, Supernatural Ways of Royalty, I'm actually going to step away from the book, and I'm going to talk to you from my heart, and what I feel is happening in the church, and what's happening even in maybe some of your lives. I do not want you to be robbed. And if you've been robbed from before, you understand that. And so if you've had something stolen from you, you know how it feels to be robbed of something or to be stolen from. And none of us like to be stolen from. I remember just a few years ago, and I believe it was here in Stratford, that one morning I went out and got in the car, and I went to start the car, and I looked over, and our, I was trying to figure out, I'll be completely honest, it was early in the morning, and so the moment I seen it, I got upset with Melissa. I don't even think she knows this, but I got in the car and immediately I'm like, why was she going through the glove compartment and why is stuff all over the car? And if she was looking for something, why didn't she just put it back? (laughs) And then I noticed my coffee money was missing and I knew she wouldn't take coffee money. And I realized that our car was broken into. And since it was my car, there's no CDs in there, so I don't know what they were looking for. They were probably just getting coffee money. That's all they would have found. But I realized immediately, somebody broke into our car. Now, when I say broke into our car, they walked down the street, and we didn't lock our door, so they just went like this and went, sucker, and went in and took whatever they wanted. But I'll tell you something that I've done since then. I'm sure you can tell me. What have I done since then? Locked my doors. Every night before I go to bed, I go to our front door and I make sure that both our cars are locked. I've learned my lesson. I'm also a huge movie person. Any movie people in the house? We just went and saw the movie The Star, the little kids one about Christmas. It's actually really good. We pulled our kids out of school. It was a movie about Jesus, so it was okay. And so, I love movies, and so I always, I, I always have had kind of a large, I just realized there's a principle in this. <laughs> it's not our principle. And I've always been a movie person, so I do have a fairly large collection of movies. And when I worked at Lakeshore Camp, I was the only one that had a TV and VCR, that's how old it was, and I had a whole pile of movies, and people would come and borrow movies, and they'd come and hang out, and they'd watch movies, and then all of a sudden, at the end of one summer, I realized a whole pile of my movies were missing. Somebody stole a bunch of my movies. And the next summer, when I went back to the camp to work there, I actually brought a lot of my weights with me, and we had an extra dorm room that wasn't being used, so we actually set up a little weight room, and I just, some guys asked me, hey, Chad, do you mind if I go in and use some of your weights? I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead, go ahead. At the end of the summer, I went to pack up all my weights, and I realized my tricep bar and about 50 pounds of weight were missing. Somebody stole it. 
don't know about you, but being stolen from really kind of stinks, doesn't it? And we will learn, we will learn how to prevent it from happening. So my car was broken into, I locked the doors. If you borrow a movie from me, most likely I'll write it down so I don't forget. I don't have weights at home anymore, so I don't lend them out. I still try to go to the gym, try, try. But we will vent about being robbed from. I'll read on Facebook posts of how we've been hurt and what we're go- what's going on in our lives, and we will do certain things to prevent it from happening again and again and again and again. We'll report it to the police, hoping and praying that someday, someday, they'll get caught. I don't know about you, but I don't even like contracts. How many people, if you get a like internet contract for your house, or like if you get a new cell phone, how many people read the fine print? I do. A few people are like, whatever, I just click sure. I read it because too often have I signed one where all of a sudden it's like, this is such a great price, and within six months I'm like, you're killing me. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes missing something. And so as we wrap up this series, I feel like some of you are getting robbed. I feel like some of you are getting stolen from. I feel like some of you believe this idea of being royalty, co-heirs with Christ, is almost too good to be true. And so the enemy is robbing you. Because see, we know that in John 10.10... It starts off by saying the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. See, here's what you have to understand this morning. The enemy actually wants to steal from you. He does want to kill you. And he wants to destroy you for eternity. Because if he can steal your identity as a prince or as a princess in the kingdom of God, he will take away your confidence that you can walk in. And the calling that God has for you. He can stop you from fulfilling the call in your life. See, here's the interesting thing. I looked up what thief means. And I know most of you are like, well, Chad, this is simple. But thief actually just means this. One that steals, especially stealthily or secretly. How many people know right now if I said, hey, who's got a 20? I want to steal it from you. No one's going to give it to me. So it is done secretly and stealthily. You don't even know. You don't even know what's happening. And the devil this morning wants you to believe that this whole series was not for you. It couldn't be for you. He's reminding you of who you are without Christ. He's reminding you of your past. And so this morning I want to reveal to you some of his stealthily and secretly ways of robbing you. Because he'll tell you that you're not worthy. Can I be truthful? None of us are worthy. That's why Jesus came and died for all of us. So when the enemy whispers to you, you're not worthy of this, you could actually respond, I know, but Jesus made me so. Some of you missed it. 
When he tells you you're not worthy, you can say, I know, but Jesus made me so. Because you can stand in his presence because Jesus tore the veil. See, your past does not define who you are. How many people are thrilled about that? I am thrilled that my past does not define me. And see, the enemy, he wants to remind you. I'm going to let you in on a secret immediately. The enemy likes to use guilt and shame. But we can break it off of you in the name of Jesus. Because see, John 10.10 actually goes on. And Jesus clarifies and he says, But I have come that they may have life. Just want you to know, they means you. Can you say that? They means me. They means me. Say it. Say it like you're like trying to convince yourself because I don't think you believe it. They means me. They means me. I have come that they may have life and have it partially. No? To the full. So why do we live partially? Why do we live partially? Because the enemy is a punk. And he lies. Jesus has come to make us worthy. He died so you could be adopted into his family. He laid his life down so you could be adopted in. Romans 8 tells us, starting at verse 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, we quoted the verse, God has not given me a spirit of fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear. But love, power, and a sound mind. Do you see here in verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Because the Holy Spirit comes in you, the spirit of fear has to leave you. The spirit you receive, receive brought about your adoption into sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the spirit that is living in you will be telling you, will be trying to argue the enemy is literally as a cartoon. This, I don't know if it's like you, for you, but it is for me where the enemy is whispering his lies to me and the Holy Spirit is whispering truth and I have to decide which one I want to listen to. Because see, when it comes to believing, which side is actually up to you. If you can identify the lie, you will realize what the truth is. And the truth of God will set you free. But you have to believe it. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit, with your spirit. That we are, that you are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. This is who you are. Some of you need to hear it this morning. And actually 
avoid your brain and let it go to your heart that you are a son and you are a daughter of God. How do I know? Because Jesus laid down his life so it could be. You need to understand and actually receive it this morning that you are a son of God and a daughter of God. And he loves you, which makes you a prince and makes you a princess. It's interesting because the older we get, when we're called a prince, man, some of us don't really think much about it. But my little girl, when I call her a princess, her face lights up. And ladies, I still think that when I say that you are a princess, some of you still know what that means. But gentlemen, I think we've lost the understanding of what a prince is. When I say you are a prince, you are a royalty. When I say you are a princess, you are a royalty. Not only does that give you things, but it holds you to a responsibility. My responsibility is to bring other people into the family. To share with them, to look after them. But here's the enemy. Paul writes to the Galatians and he says, You are running a good race. Many of us, we accept the Lord in our hearts and we take giant steps forward. And then all of a sudden he says, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? What kind of persuasion, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. A little lie can work its way through our lives. That we filter every conversation through a lie. That we hear things through a lie. We see things through a lie. So we misinterpret things. Paul says, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. I love that. Because whoever's messing with you, whoever is whispering to you the lies, they will pay the penalty. But you need to hear the truth and hold on to it. And you will be set free in the name of Jesus. And you will walk out of this room changed. Because the devil is trying to stop us from fulfilling our destiny. See, here's what some of you need to understand. Not only are you royalty, but God has a destiny for you. He has set you apart from birth. Guilt and shame are his tricks. And when we expose them, he can't use them against you. See, if you've asked for forgiveness and you've repented from your heart, when he reminds you of it, you can remind him that it's covered in the blood. It's gone. It's gone. See, here's the thing with the Christian walk. And I I realize the verse that I'm about to read is in context of when Jesus comes back. But Matthew 24, 43, Jesus says, But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, 
he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So Jesus is talking about his second coming. And he is coming again. But why do we let the enemy continue to lie to us? Because see, here's the thing. If we knew that we were going to get robbed, how many of you would stay up? Right? A few people are like, no, I'd sleep, Chad. <laughs> see, earlier in the spring, I went out to get into my car on, I think it was a Monday morning or a Wednesday morning just to come to, or thir- Wednesday, it was a Monday morning. I came to get in the car, not that it matters. And as I opened my back door to put my backpack in, I closed my door and I heard something fall. And I was like, what is that sound? I looked down and I see glass on the road. And I look at my window and I'm like, what's going on? I look at my back window of our little station wagon and it shattered. And it's got this tiny, tiny little hole in it. I'm like, what is that? I'm going to be late for prayer. I got to go. So I start driving, and as I get down on a road, I see another cop sitting there. I'm like, oh, I should probably pull over and talk to him. I don't have time. And then I see somebody with a broom cleaning out their back window of their car. I'm like, oh, not the only one that got blessed last night. And so I quickly pull over, and I go to the cop, and I say, I realize who he is. Pastor Charles introduced me to him, and so I talk to him for a minute, and I say, I'm heading to the church, but here's what happened. And he's like, yeah, I look for a brick. I look for these different things. I'm like, mine has a tiny, tiny little hole in it. I think it was a pellet gun. I went to bed late the next few nights. I stayed up later, wanting to know if they were going to come back. We will get stolen from, from the enemy. He will lie to you. He will not let you receive everything that we have taught this fall. But we will go on like it's normal. And I don't know about you, but I'm getting tired of the enemy robbing me. I'm getting tired of him lying to me and telling me that I'm not worthy of things when my Lord has died for me to be worthy of it. And many of you, we're living our lives, all of us, we're living our lives at this level when we should be up here. And the only thing that's stopping us is the enemy and we've accepted it. The enemy's a liar. He's a thief. The Bible tells us he's come to kill you and destroy you. John 10.10, the whole verse says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came. He came for you, that you may have life and have it to the full. I don't know about you, but if he laid down his life for it, why should, I think we should be doing it, amen? If he laid down his life so that we could be living at a full life. We should be living there, amen? Amen. We need to stop accepting mediocrity. You need to realize there is gifts in you that he wants to use. He wants 
to kill you and all your hope and dreams. And some of you have dreams from when you were a little kid and they haven't taken place yet and you believe it's over. Abraham was 100 when he had his first kid. If he could do that, nothing's impossible. Think of what happened in the Bible. Noah built an ark. It took him a hundred years. He was a hundred when he started. Might have worked a little slow. (laughs) Your dreams are not over. Abraham was promised to be a father of thousands. He didn't get to see it happen, but he invested in it. There are things happening in this church because of some of your investments. Don't cash out. God is not done. I've always thought this, and I live this from my own life. If I am alive, God is not done with me. Can everybody in the room take your two fingers and just go like this? I am Lord praying that everybody feels a pulse. Actually, if you moved your hand to here, I'm going to bank the fact you're alive. If you feel a pulse, if you can't feel a pulse but you still moved your arm, it's, your heart's beating. God's not done with you. The enemy will lie to you and tell you that you can't do it, you're not worthy, he's chosen somebody else, and it's a lie. There is nothing that you have done in your past that will stop you from doing something in your future. Don't let them lie to you. Don't let them steal from you this morning. See, the best part is that when we read this verse, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and Jesus says, I have come. That you may have life to the full. We need to remember what we just celebrated. That he came, he died, and he conquered. And he rose from the grave. See, we will celebrate that in church. We'll clap and cheer, but we will forget that it was for you. For your own personal life. Galatians 4 Start at verse 4 says, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. What we're teaching you is biblical. You are an heir. John 10, starting at verse 2, says, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name 
He knows your name. And he calls you by name. And he leads them out. And when he's brought them out, all his own. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow because they know his voice. If you've accepted Jesus into your life, then you know his voice. The enemy likes to lie to you and tell you, oh, that's not his voice. Can I stretch you in something? And we're going to talk more about this tonight. You want to be here tonight. When your brain, or you think it's your brain, is telling you to do something nice, it's from God. And if you're not 100% sure and it's nice, do it anyway. I don't know, it's pretty, that's too nice. I don't think God wants me to do that. <laughs> Go and tell somebody that God loves them and they look incredible today and you just think, same, do this to the same sex because it's awkward. Tell them they look handsome, tell them they look beautiful and tell them that they are a prince or they are a princess and watch them smile. And if you think to yourself, oh, I shouldn't do that. I don't know if that's God or not. He wants you to encourage one another. Because if you encourage one another, you will leave here changed. I don't think we remember how much encouragement helps each other. How many people here you like to be encouraged? Okay, some of you don't. That's okay. Can I tell you something? It's encouraging for me when you respond. It lets me know you actually are listening. I'm not doing it to see who else is sweating or anything like that. I'm just literally like, it helps me. See, when you laugh, I know you're listening. It's the ones that are looking at me like, you weren't paying attention because it was funny. If you like to be encouraged, encourage somebody else. Sow a seed and reap the harvest. Amen. You can. You can hear his voice and follow him. And I love this part. But they will never, verse 5, follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. When you were tempted to do something, you know you're not supposed to do it. It's not from God to run. Don't walk away. Don't be too strong. Run. Joseph dropped his coat and ran. Run. Run. Listen to the voice of God, and when it's not the voice of God, turn and run. Matthew 28, starting at verse 18, says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When Jesus died and rose again, all authority was returned to him. And he gives it to us. Gives it to us. I told you the story of my friend who would always catch a ride with me instead of getting his own license. And it drove me crazy. Because when he got his license, 
He had a Corvette Stingray sitting in the driveway. He was allowed to drive. And we drove my Dodge Shadow. (laughs) Many of us have access to the Corvette, but we drive the Dodge Shadow. No disrespect to Dodges. (laughs) If you have access to the Corvette, if you have access to the Ferrari, please park the Dodge and get in and drive because your father wants you to. He wants you to have all authority. He wants you to live as a son and daughter of Christ and walk in that confidence and walk in that ability. Shake off the enemy and listen to the truth of God. And your life will be changed in the name of Jesus. Break off the guilt and shame this morning and be set free of it. Because he no longer wants you to walk in it. We get his authority and power because we are co-heirs. Let's pray. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the move of God. I thank you for the ones in the room that their hearts have been changed because of the confidence in you. That Holy Spirit, through this series, that we begin to understand that we are sons and daughters and we walk in that confidence. And Father, I do, I break off in the name of Jesus the lies. And that people will be set free this morning because of who you are. So Jesus, we pray for your protection this week. I pray that the lies of the enemy will not grip us and not hold us. Strengthen us this week. Let us be a light for you. Let us show your love. Let us encourage somebody. And so Lord, keep us safe. Protect us. In your name we pray. Let us all be back here tonight at 630, Lord, just to encounter you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.